Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. I am your host, Elena Newell, and I am riding solo today because we got a little special, some special episodes in these next two weeks coming at you. You heard that right. I am riding solo, cue Jason Derulo, because today's episode is the miseducation of black BFAs. Um, This is something that I've been really passionate about because I think in this time of talking about all these injustices that are happening on Broadway and in regional theaters, I think it's just as important to give voices to these students because if we want Broadway to be diverse and if we want these theaters to be diverse, we need to start at these training grounds that simply were not built with students of color in mind, which leads to turnover, which leads to students leaving these programs feeling very dejected, feeling very unfulfilled, and feeling very alone. Um, I know that's been the experience with my program. I have met some wonderful people that I hope to take with me for the rest of my life at my program, but I've also experienced a lot of trauma. I've experienced a lot of microaggressions and just blatant racism from students, from faculty, all of the above, Um, and it's been really traumatic. It's really hard and nobody really talks about it um and I think it's important that while we're also talking about change and we're also talking about growing positively we also need to work on creating spaces for these students who have been traumatized and have been hurt or been jaded to have a space to release that anger and to release that um, disappointment and to release all of those emotions in a safe space and that's really what I wanted to create today. So I have three beautiful guests who come from three different programs at top schools, one from CCM, one from Penn State, and one from BOCO and we kind of just talk and hang out and laugh and kind of just talk about our own experiences and how we got into these programs and what we've experienced there. I want to take this time really quick to talk a little bit about my own experience. Um, I don't plan on going into detail because unlike the three guests you are going to hear from, I'm still in this program. I have like seven to nine months left in this program. So I did not want to um, outright say names or call people out simply because I think for all the negative experiences I've had at my school and all the people who I've had negative experiences with, I think there are people here who care. Um, They're severely outnumbered, but I think there are people who do care and are committed to trying to make change and are committed to trying to help people like me feel more included um and that's also something that I'm working on I'm working on trying to create more spaces here for people to feel included and I'm trying to empower the students younger than me that'll still be here when I graduate to speak up for themselves because that's something I have been doing since I got here whether the faculty enjoyed it or not I have continued to speak up when things felt unright or when things felt um unsafe or when I when people felt unheard and I want to continue that and I think that work is happening um 
But I do want to acknowledge that I did not have the most positive time here at my program. I think a lot of students of color go through a phase where it's almost like dealing with like the stages of grief. You get here and you're so ignorant and naive and you just want to be included because it's all that theater preaches, you know, is inclusion and love and support. And so you get here and that's what you want. And then you start to realize that for some reason you're being perceived differently than your white counterparts. And it's little things. It doesn't start out with big things for most programs. You know, it's the little microaggressions. It's the dismissive nature of your professors when you speak up about something that's important to you, that's something that hurt you. Um, it's it's when you, you're being told you have a safe space to speak up and a safe space for your opinions to be heard. And then all of those thoughts and opinions are taken and then thrown in the trash the second the meeting is over, the second the photo op is over. And I really had to get through all of that. I was angry for a really long time in this program. I was angry. I was sad. I was hurt. I was lost. I was regretful. I was a lot of things because I didn't feel supported. I didn't feel cared for. I didn't feel like anyone in this program genuinely wanted the best for me or that they genuinely wanted me to succeed. And it took a long time for me to find who I was as an artist because there really wasn't anyone here who fully understood me enough to help me figure that out. There's no, There were no uh, professors of color that could help me. Um, so I was forced to be stereotyped or typed in by the people working with whatever they had or whatever they'd worked with in the past. Um, and it was just hard. I constantly felt like something was missing. I was like, I'm taking this feedback that you're giving me, but there's something else. It can't just be this. It can't just, I can't just be this one thing. I can't just be this one caricature, you know? It was very hard, especially in the beginning, because I was fighting it, but I didn't know. I didn't have the words. I didn't have the uh, lexicon, the the terms to say what I was feeling and to seek help. And even if I could, there wasn't anyone to seek help from, you know? And I've been seeing a lot lately that this kind of thing happens at every program. And students of color feel this in every program from the top schools in the country to the smallest ones, whether you're in a class of 30 or six, you know, there's these situations happen all over the board. And I think it's super important to just give voices to these people and just listen. So I encourage you during this episode, if you are a student of color or just a person of color, I encourage you to just listen and protect yourself. And if something triggers you, there's something that you experience that hurts you, I encourage you to pause and take time away from it and revisit it. But I also think if you are not a student of color, if you are not a person of color, I would encourage you to listen to this full episode and listen. Um, there's a lot of talk about people listening, quote unquote, but listening doesn't do anything if you don't intend to make action after. If we don't listen to this history, if we don't listen to what these people have to say, we are doomed to repeat ourselves. And that, I think, is the most important thing to take away from all of this because there we are talking about things that are sad and that are frustrating and that are dark. But if you... If the people that are in power refuse to listen to these issues and actively make decisions that will shift it, 
then it's just going to keep going. And so it's important that we bring awareness to these issues because the most validating thing out of this entire discussion is that the things I have been yelling at the top of my lungs for since I first got to this program are things that other people want too. And it's things that aren't outrageous to ask for and aren't unreasonable to ask for. And I was made to think that the things I was calling for was unreasonable. I was made to think that I was crazy and that I was a villain and that I somehow was the bad guy for wanting to bring up these issues that affect me personally. And oh man, it's just, it's, I could talk about this for years and I really want you guys to get into this episode. So I'm going to close this out, but really quickly, I do want to make a disclaimer that if you hear something you don't like about one of these programs, because these are three of the top programs in the country, make sure you're doing the research yourself. You know, if these are programs that you want to go to or programs that you currently go to and you're like, I never heard about these kind of issues. I don't want to go to a school that has these issues. Make sure you're talking to your faculty, you're talking to past and present students and bringing up these issues. You say, I've heard that this has been an issue. Have you guys been doing anything to combat that? Because chances are, especially in this age, there are people in these programs who are trying to take actionable steps to make change. So if there's anything you hear today that upsets you about these programs, remember, do your research. You should do that regardless. Go to these open houses, tour these schools. And also, if you hear something that inspires you, reach out to your own faculty, like reach out to your own administrators, your own teachers, your own fellow students. If something that we say happened to us that was caused by another student happened to you, go talk to that student. Go talk to these professors. Let them know that what they do affects you. Let them know that the way they have dismissed you hurts you. It's super important that we encourage student empowerment you are paying these schools for a service you know you pay them for them to give you training so if you're paying them you deserve to get the training that was promised to you and to get it in a safe and healthy manner okay I'm gonna get off my soapbox and I hope you guys enjoy this episode of fourth wall um so let's just kind of go around everyone introduce yourself say your name a little bit about who you are and what school you ended up going to. Uh, hi, I'm David Andre. Um, I am from Miami, Florida, born and raised. And I went to the Boston Conservatory. Um, I graduated in 2015, uh, moved to New York and, you know, to pursue theater. Currently, I'm in the Jesus Christ Superstar 50th anniversary national tour. And also currently I'm back home just for now. <laughs> um, that's that's me. Um, I'm Phil. Um, I, uh, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I went to CCM and I graduated 2018. Uh, I went after school. I did Hamilton for a little bit in Chicago. And then I came back to New York and did a few other things. Now I'm in New York, chilling. Doing my thing. I make music too. So. Hey, um, Jackson Alexander. Uh, I went to Penn State. I'm from Philly. Uh, I went to Penn State for like three and a half years. Um, I dropped out uh, last year in May. 
Um, I studied uh, theater sound design while I was there <laughs> uh, and music uh, technology, theater sound design, music technology. And like I did some business school stuff too. Um, and yeah, I dropped out this past May and started working, like moved to New York and started working. I uh, did a couple of musicals and then right before everything shut down, I was working on uh, Emoji Land, which was like an off-Broadway musical that I was the uh, audio engineer yes, for. Yes. Um, so before we get into your actual school experience, I kind of want to talk about um, your individual discoveries of theater and then what ultimately when you went through your college decision process, like what made you decide your specific school? Um, we can start with anyone. David, if you want to start. Um, so I started doing when I was in eighth grade in middle school, I wanted to do like photography and stuff like that, like more like directing and stuff like that but then I ended up doing like um, a drama program at my middle school which then led me to do um, like community theater um, and so I started doing that throughout high school and I just fell in love with theater I just really started liking it and then I started taking voice lessons like my junior year and senior year of high school and then I took dance lessons like my senior year and so you know, this whole theater, theater schools and everything was a new concept to me. Like, I had no idea that was a thing. I didn't really know any show, like, I didn't know about any schools or anything. But I had a voice teacher, my voice teacher in high school went to Boko. And a couple of other students mm -hmm. from the community theater ended up going, you know, to schools. And one of them ended up going to Boko as well. And I knew that Boko had a really good dance program. And I knew that was something that I wanted to do. But I also like just liked theater in general. And so I just wanted to go to that school. And um, that was my top school. I didn't know any better. You know, um, mm -hmm. I got I got into maybe three schools. And that was the best one that from the list. So I just was like, okay, like yeah. if I got accepted, it must mean that I meant to, you know, I meant to be here and all this stuff. And so I ended up going there. You know, <laughs> which was it's thing. okay. We'll we'll so, get into the mess. We will get and into you know it. I still have interest in doing photography and like these other things and stuff like that. Like, um, but theater was really the thing that I was like really passionate about, and I was like, I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. Um, so that's how I really yeah, started. Yeah. Phil, what about you? How did you land in Cincinnati? Um. Well, I, uh, uh, um, so I started doing theater around like middle school time. I, I remember I did like this. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody's ever been to, or nobody's from North Carolina, so why the fuck? Anyway, I saw a curse a lot. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Like, that okay? No, it's fine. It's fine. All right, cool. So I was doing this, uh, like, and in middle school, you had to do these community service things. So I did uh, this thing at the Afro-American Culture Center, which is like downtown Charlotte. And like my mom had like linked me with them for a little bit and they started doing these shows. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I had played sports before. I was really a, sense, a very sensitive kid. I'm still very sensitive, but I was like a real sensitive kid. And so like, I remember I would play sports and I was like, yeah, this shit is whack. I don't like this really. And then I started doing theater. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I like started dancing a little bit. I was like, this is actually kind of fun. And then I started doing it in middle school. They did the whiz at my school in middle school. And I was like, all right, this is cool, cool. And like, I remember I was honestly, in all honesty, I was surrounded by so many women. I was confused. I was like, wait, is this like real? Like, what's up? And everybody was like, yeah, like this, you know, this is part of, part of the deal. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to keep doing theater. 
And so then I went to an art school <laughs> in North Carolina because there's a public art school that we have, which I was so fortunate to be able to go to. And I remember in my junior year of high school, I started to get really serious about it. Um, and I asked my teacher, I was like, look, I want to like go to one of the top conservatories. I was like, I don't want to bullshit. I want to like try to be the best. Like, I want to like be on the top. And then it's like, cause you know, other people had like gone to, I don't know. I, I just really wanted to, I personally had wanted to like, I wanted a big name school just so I could be like, fuck it. Like I don't have, I don't want no trouble when I'm going to New York cause New York is hard. And it's like, I was poor and shit like that. So I was like, I have to like, I'll take out the loans, fuck it. So then I ended up, I was like, I auditioned for four schools all in one weekend. I just read UNCSA, Carnegie Mellon, CCM, and Penn State. And I got into two schools. I got into CCM and Penn State, waitlisted at Carnegie, and then I didn't get accepted to UNCSA. And I was like, I guess I'm going to CCM, fuck it. Like, like I just really, like, I wanted to, and like, you know, we'll get, we'll get into like the experience at that, realizing that that shit is absolutely whack. Like the whole, like trying to go to like these PWIs to like, that shit is, I mean, it sets you up well, it sets you up very well, but that shit is, Whack as fuck, like it's so <laughs> whack. But we'll, we'll get we'll get into that later. But yeah, that's uh, honestly that's like the the basis journey of my to my theater and stuff like that, or to be a theater. Great, <laughs> um, Jackson. What about you? How did you land in Penn State? Um, yeah. So I didn't start doing theater until uh, high school. Um, prior to that, I had seen, uh, it's funny because I was just watching this last night. Um, when I was a kid, Legally Blonde, like, was on Broadway and MTV had, like, the live viewing of it. And that was my first theater experience. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I need this (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Like, as soon as, oh my God, you guys started, I was like, this is where I was meant to be. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was like watching that all the time. Um, my dad's girlfriend at the time, like got me into rent maybe like a year or two later, uh, and Hairspray. So those were my big three until I got to high school. Like I was like, I, these are the only three musicals that exist. There's nothing else in the world. World, that's it um and so I went to Catholic school all the way uh first to eighth grade so it was like I theater sorry we don't know her we know the bible that is it thank you <laughs> um and so yeah I wasn't until high school I went to public school and as soon as they said like we went to a couple different schools but as soon as uh my high school was like yeah we have a theater it's like done cool I'm coming here that's it it's over um so my freshman year the spring musical we did was Willy Wonka and I auditioned for that um my friends forced me to audition (laughs) and I ended up like getting in that and that just kind of set things off um that same year the uh all of like the crew people had graduated and so the technical director who was uh married to the uh, actual director he was like hey if any of you are interested in coming to stage crew as well as like auditioning for the shows this is what we do we really need like a stage manager uh, a sound person and like someone to do the lights and i was like i don't know what any of those words mean but like sure maybe <laughs> and so uh I showed up and he like everyone that showed up he taught us a little bit about each one and I was like yeah this sound stuff seems (laughs) great like let me just stay in my lane here um and so he taught me a bunch of stuff about sound and then I was like running all of the mics for the play that was coming up right after that uh and I just stuck with it until I was about to graduate and it uh as I was applying for colleges he's like 
you know this is a real job right and it's like i don't believe you <laughs> he's like no like this is what i do all day like dead ass and i was like that still sounds fake but okay i guess <laughs> and so he uh ended up giving me like a bunch of paperwork so i was like just look like i promise it's a real job look it up and see like if you actually do want to apply to schools for this um so that was like kind of late in the game for like auditions and interviews and everything um but i ended up like looking up a bunch of schools real quick and penn state penn state university arts uh shippensburg and like a handful of other schools that were in pennsylvania and i was like great these are the only places that like have a theater major and like have sound design so i wouldn't have to do like a music major instead or whatever whatever um and a lot of them wanted like film or video games I'm like ah mm -hmm. but they're all different <laughs> um and so yeah I ended up doing my uh interview at Penn State and as soon as we got there I was just like I could be here like this yeah. is a fine place um wow little did I know <laughs> <Right? laughs> uh. but um yeah I, I went to University of Arts and they didn't even have like they have theaters but it's just the theaters in Philly and all of the students like put together their crews for each show and so I was like oh so if they all hate me like I'm never gonna work on a show can't do that I can't be there um and yeah so Penn State was the obvious choice yes yes um was there um when you guys were auditioning and sending in your portfolios was there anything you felt pressured to amplify about your blackness like were you told like make sure you put some black stuff in your uh like artist what is it L letter of intent your artist statement or whatever and like make sure you sing like your black audition songs or make sure like you're giving them something were you ever was it ever like encouraged even if it wasn't out like outright said but, like implied like use like this black thing like that's kind of all like that's all we think you can do so like i'm maybe, kind of thinking back on it now maybe slide into that and I don't think it was intentional per se, but I did sing Let It Sing for my college audition as one of the as one of the song choices. <laughs> and and I think it was, and I'm thinking back on it now, and I only think it was because um my one of my math teachers in high school went to University of Miami with Joshua Henry. And she, when I was in high school, she was telling me, like, look out for this kid, like he's amazing watches and he has a video of him singing he did violet in college and there's a video of him singing let it sing and i think watching that was one of the things that put that in my mind not that i thought i had to play like my blackness up or anything it was just like i'm inspired by this this song like kind of hits me in a in a certain way and i feel like i should sing it just period um but I don't think it was blatant and I don't think it was necessarily something thought of thought of like my voice teacher who was helping with my college auditions um you know there was never any sort and she was a white woman she is a white woman um but there was never any there was never any inkling that it was like you had to play this you have to bring this up you have to do this like it, it was never like that but then thinking back like you know maybe it was you know who knows but it wasn't intentional per se you know what i mean yeah i was gonna say i think like 
for the most part, like, because I have the same kind of thing where I like lettuce was a part of my book, still is part of my book. I ended up playing like later on, like in when I was in college, but like, I think it's more uh, uh, like in the, especially in the like musical theater world as like a black person or black male or whoever, however you identify, they try to give you like these people to look up to. So like Joshua Henry was somebody there was like, oh yeah, like make sure you look out for him. Like I did a workshop with somebody at Tulsi and he was like, do you know who Josh Henry is? And I was like, yeah, like, of course I do. He was like, you should like look into his stuff. I was like, cool, but like, I'm different. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm not like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many, like, different, like, and, and that's, that, but that's also like the whole music theater world, like the whole type thing, which that's a whole different thing. But as a black person, you get put into an extra, extra type. Like, it's like, you're really a nigga. Like, that's what they see you as. You walk in the room, they're like, oh, he's fully, or they're fully, un-, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think, I, I think it's unintentional for sure, but it's like, people are just sort of just fulfilling the archetype of like the music. It's just a musical theater thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's just very, very, they want to put you as like somebody and they like, oh yeah, you should look out for him. And I'm like, who the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't care. Why can't I be me? You know what I'm saying? Like, but there is no me in theater. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I also want to say that um, she didn't only tell me to look out for him because he was black, but because she knew my teacher knew that he was somebody from her program that would make it. You know what I mean? It wasn't even because mm-hmm. he was black and I was black too, because she also gave me another name um, who I don't even remember, but he wasn't black. He was like an Hispanic a Latino guy, mm-hmm. but she gave me those two names to look out for. But Joshua Henry, you know what I mean? Look where he is now. You know what I mean? So she knew, okay. which was like impressive and amazing. So, so it's unintentional sometimes, yeah, you know? It's super, it's super unintentional. Uh, I sang very black songs. I sang Once on this Island and Carolina Change. Um, and it was just like a, hey. And kind of what you said, Philip, about type is like, all white people have all the kinds of type. There's like, there's blonde hair, blue eyed ingenue, but then she could also be like distraught ingenue, but then she could also be like from the South ingenue. And like, there's so many different things, but it's just like, you're black. So you have that. What about you, Jackson? Uh, were you ever encouraged to... Or even, like, it could be super unintentional, because my experience, I also had a white woman as my voice teacher, and I didn't know how theater worked. So I was just like, whatever you tell me to sing, I'm gonna, that's what we're gonna do. No, absolutely. Um, I definitely, well, I felt it in weird ways. Like, I know I definitely felt it uh, with my with my essay. I don't even remember what my essay was about, honestly. Um, but they, like, every school I applied to wanted, like, the whole sob story, I'm Black and poor, help me, like, whatever, whatever. And it was like, cool, instead I'm going to spin this to talk about a time where I almost quit theater. Um, but y'all aren't, y'all aren't getting me on this. Like, I was like, I refuse to bear my heart and like, give you that same sob story. Like, fuck that. Um, but also, so when I first started applying to schools, uh, I'm trans. I, uh, I identify as a non-binary trans man. Um, and before I started, I, uh, applying to schools and everything, I was still in the closet. And so a lot of schools, like as they were, as we were doing these interviews and everything, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And like, we definitely have scholarships for like black women like yourself. And I'm like, 
cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Not gonna work. <laughs> Don't know how to tell you that, <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> and like, just I, I remember university arts. Like the, uh, I don't even remember the dude I like interviewed with, but some old white guy and he just like really kept playing on like he's like yes we're so excited to have like a black woman in our program and like we don't really have many like black people in general and yes we're really uplifting black women it's like not me sorry <laughs> like oh this is gonna suck for you in like a couple of months buddy <laughs> um so yeah it was yeah. it was kind of well, we've come to the point where we're going to get into some mess. Uh, so I want you guys to tell me a little bit about, like, any, like, fucked up stuff that was happening between students. Because I think it's also, like, a lot of my experience with my frustrations with my program is, like, faculty issues, but it's also student issues. And before you get in that into that, I also want you to talk about um, what your class racial makeup looked like. Because most of the times... It's 12 Samanthas and 10 Brads, and then it's me. Um, so talk a little bit about that and um, how, how that in, like impacted you when you first got to campus. I'd like to start on this one if possible. Um, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't like visit school before I went. Like I like, we had like a group chat and shit like that, but I didn't, I was like not really fucking with people. I was like, I'm working. Like I'm literally trying to work before and make my money and shit like that before I go to school so I can like hatch it. So then when I got to school, I was like, and I, okay, so I got to school. I seen the pictures and shit like that. And I was super excited because it was like, oh my God, I'm going to see CCN. It's crazy. But I remember I walked in with like a hoodie and some jeans and some bands on. And everybody else like had on button ups and shit like that. And they were all white. Everybody, I mean, I had one other, there was one other person that was black in, no, two, three other people that were black in my class. One ended up leaving after uh, uh, the first semester of freshman year. But I remember being like, but I was the only one that was like, because that's also another thing to talk about theater and the types, because there's so many different types of black people, period. And then there's so many different, the usual suspects of like black people in theater are like, or people in theater, period, is like coming from money and stuff like that. Like I don't come from money. So like, I felt very out of place just because of like the types of people, even the types of black people, not to put it like that, but like, I was very much like, oh shit, these niggas is bougie. Like, so um, there was only four of us in our class and everybody was like, oh my God, there's, so many ethnic people in your class and I was like what are you talking about like no there's not there's four people of color there was like four black people in our class and it was a class of 20 people everybody else was like white and you see all the class pictures everybody looks the same right everybody looks like Brad or whoever the fuck and they all like they were, I remember like specifically like they would get like juniors names wrong they would like confuse these two junior black women but they would get all these niggas, like all these white people, they would get that. Like I would, that shit always confused me. It's very interesting that like the way that works. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm going to attend at this point. But um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of us. And like, it fucking sucked because you have to like sort of find your way. And like, also again, like, like I will never, the musical theater is a very privileged thing to be able to do because you, like the money for voice lessons and the money for dance lessons you have to take before you get there. It's like, you have, these people who like, uh, I have so much to like. So uh, my class had maybe, we started with maybe like over 50 people, like a little bit over 50. And when we started, there were seven black people. 
three at the time I think were full black and then the other were mixed. Um, and I say that because colorism, there was a lot of colorism. Um, by the time we finished, there were two black people and then the rest of them were mixed. Um, and like, it's that same sort of thing where like, I, I didn't really come from money either, you know? Um, you know, we weren't poor, but in comparison, it was like, I look poor, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and it's like, it's just, it's weird because yeah, a lot of people would say, yeah, this is the most black people we've had in any class, like in a long time or whatever. And Boko likes to pride themselves on being the first integrated conservatory, you know, integrating black people, also integrating, <laughs> also integrating women into their program and stuff like that. Um, yet there are no white teach, I mean, no no black teachers that I've ever had. If there were black teachers, I never saw them. Who are they? They're nowhere to be found. Like, did they even exist? I don't know if they even existed because they weren't there. Um, and, you know, we only had, you know, the, the only Black people that I really saw were the custodians or the janitors, literally. Um, there was a, um, the woman who did the mail, she was Black, but I remember, I wasn't sure if this was junior year or senior year. We get back for like the third semester after winter break and she's gone. Like she's not there anymore. Nobody knows what happened. She's just disappeared. Apparently they fired her with no warning. You know what I mean? Like they did her dirty in a way. Um, but basically just a lot of white people who get to have a type, who get to be a, a somebody. Whereas me, you know, and in my experience, it was a little bit also annoying because all the mixed kids, all the lighter kids had privilege of having the friends, of being cast in shows, of being a favorite of somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Things that I, there are certain things that I necessarily wouldn't want, but at the same time, it's like, you get the privilege of doing these things. You get to turn on and off your blackness when it's convenient for you. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to call them out, but at the same time, it's like, it's, yeah, that's what it, it is, what it is. And you gotta acknowledge it without acknowledgement, you know, you get stuck. But it's like, so to answer the question, they're like <laughs> out of 50, <laughs> like less than 10 black people out of 50. So that's, <laughs> that's insane. Um, yeah, so my class was, I wanna say like 15 people at the most. Um, and that was like just the, the theater, like design and tech kids. Um, I was the singular black person in my class. Like that, that was it just me uh every single other person was white which fun times actually one girl <laughs> god I will never forget this she like at some point we became like kind of friends or whatever <laughs> and she uh ended up saying yeah no I'm really glad I like know you and I've like gotten to know you because I think you're the first black person like I've actually been friends with and I was like cool great thank you for making me regret all of my life decisions <laughs> like every single one 
anything that led me here to this moment I would like to undo it immediately <laughs> um so yeah Penn State was violent Penn State's always violent like <laughs> just that is how it is um there was one black girl on the program like also in the sound program uh the year prior to me um I actually took a gap year and so her and I would have been in the same class um yeah there are very few black people like even by the time I left there was one black girl uh she was a stage manager she graduated like a year before I left um there were maybe five of us yeah like five of us in the entire like design and tech program uh and two had like graduated at that point so there was really only like two or three of us um yeah Penn State like focuses very heavily on trying to bring in or at least, I, no, Penn State, uh, mm-hmm, yep, <laughs> that look, exactly. <laughs> uh, as a whole, is like, yeah, diversity. Um, performative diversity, rather. Uh, the Penn State theater program, I've had many conversations with, like, staff where they're like, I come in just to talk or whatever, and they're like, yeah, can we, like, talk about something real quick? I'm like, sure, what's up, like, what's good? And they're like, how do we get more Black people in the program? And I'm like, um I don't know pretend like you care <laughs> pretend like you care and give us money just a thought just a, a concept really uh and like we'd have these conversations like at least four or five times a semester and like actual conversations of me being like these are all ways the program needs to change so that way people of color like black people especially but people of color in general feel comfortable coming to this school and to this building because like it's not happening right now like i'll keep doing shows that require like 10 black people and then like three people of color and you don't have the people for it and something's not clicking my god when i tell you i'm really trying not to put my school on blast because i have at least one and a half more semesters here. So, I mean, they already know how I feel about them, so it's not anything new. But literally, my one of our professors literally just, like, had a meeting with our black theater ensemble and was like, so, like, what can we do to, like, recruit more black people? And I was like, you know, it's really just, like, empower your students, show that you actually care about them as a whole, and they'll be okay. And she was like, cool, but, like, how do we bring in more black people? Let me know how that works. I'm like, please, just just listen. <laughs> please oh, but it's fine we're fine that's the thing it's like one i had everybody's had that 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 conversation with it i had a dance teacher come up to me and be like hey like where's the black audition is i was like what the fuck are you talking about like what kind of question is that like you can't ask like like it, it's we don't i mean we're all connected but we're not all like i just feel like that's it's an ignorant thing and it's also like it, that's the most ignorant thing I've ever been asked before. Like, I mean, that's bullshit, but I'm saying like, I, like why, what, what in your mind possesses you to think that I would be like, oh, here's like, I don't think there's one way specifically to bring in black people. Like, what? I, I'm sorry, I just get, I, that shit really fucking grinds my gears. Like. <laughs> it's so counterintuitive though too, because it's like, you're asking for help, yet you're not going to listen to the answer until you get the answer that you want. But there's no, there's never going to be an answer that you want. You know what I mean? It's like you have to listen to what we're asked, what telling you to do. Without listening, like you're just going to get stuck. You're going to keep hitting the wall, and it's like, why can't you just like fucking listen? <laughs> I don't know why people, why white people have a hard time listening. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Unless if it's something that they want to hear. But when it comes to this, it's never going to be anything that anybody that they want to hear, like that they want to hear. Like, it's really frustrating, you know? I had a conversation um, my senior year. I had a conversation with one of the people. Um, I don't know. What you, I don't know his position, but basically, an incident happened in class where that's another story. The N word was used. I was upset, and so I came to this guy in the office, and I was like, "Listen, if there's any sort of way that you guys can just do some sort of sensitivity training for the teachers and students, because." It's the whole, the whole school is dripping in racism, you know, like you guys have mm. to like, it sucks that I have to tell you this story is something that happened to me among a lot of other things that happened to me because this is my last year, right? That I'm, that we're having this conversation. And I'm like trying to get him, like, I'm just trying to, you know, cause it's not even about me at this point like I'm about to graduate. So at this point, it's about all the other black students that you're gonna accept. It's all about the people who come after me. Like, what are you gonna do to make sure that they're okay? Because I don't want, I wouldn't want anybody to go through what I had to go through. And I didn't even have to go through it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and I don't even know if they're even doing anything about it. Like apparently they do have some sort of thing now that they're, um, now that they, and. Berkeley joined together as schools. Um, I think Berkeley is more, is better with diversity just because they have black teachers. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, what are you gonna do to listen to your students? Like the incident that I was talking about, um, a teacher basically made me feel very alienated. And I was like, you know, I. I'm coming to you because this is like you're making me feel isolated and you're making me feel unsafe when this is a safe space but fast forward to may where i wrote you know all this shit went down and i wrote a facebook status about how all my teachers all white you know how they oppressed me in the classroom like what are they going to do and this and that and a lot of people reached out to me including this one teacher and I just wanted to be like, you know, she said, like, if I alienated you, if I had, if I said slurs to you, this and that, and I'm like, I didn't respond, but I really wanted to. And I want to be like, it's not a question of if, it's the fact that you did. And the point, the, the fact that I came to you in the moment that it happened to try to fix it so that you can change, you still, you still chose to say, I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry you were offended, basically. Not giving a shit about my feelings, you know what I mean? Not giving a shit about my safety, about my mental health, you know, about my emotional health in this quote unquote safe space. So if you didn't listen to me then, there's nothing that I can tell you now that will change anything. Like you made your decision and you can live with that, you know, feel that, like live in that. But, you know, it's just, like they don't listen. Damn it. They don't listen. Yeah, and that's and that's actually something I wanted to talk to you guys about about like um if there was a problem that you addressed with your faculty, how did they respond? Because I think at least the problem that I've seen is that they're not asking you what can they do because they genuinely care. It's because they don't want to look bad. But I wanna kinda talk about like when you bring this stuff up to your faculty 
what are some examples of when you feel like they didn't listen and if they don't listen what do you do next and then also if you can have it if you can think of a time where maybe someone did maybe you actually got through to someone maybe they actually had sense um but then also what other ways can you um empower at least help empower the students coming after you so because like you guys all went to like top schools so like people black people are still gonna apply there they're still probably going to go um I can come up with so many times where like I brought things up with the theater program and Penn State as a whole and they were just like okay sure yeah like that sucks but darn (laughs) like for Penn State as a whole, there's this group uh, called Identity Europa that's like a nationwide hate group, garbage people, and they like actively recruit on campus. Long, 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 uh-huh, mm-hmm. Very long story short, myself and like several other people like have made big, well, made big noises about this like every single year because we'd see their flyers pop up every year on campus. And every year Penn State would just be like, yeah that sucks and we don't fuck with hate speech so like you can take down some flyers if you see them but that's about all we can do sorry um and it's like cool how do you expect literally anyone to want like i mean obviously besides white people but like how do you expect me to want to come to this place and feel safe and like just want to chill when that is your whole reaction on a literal hate group like recruiting on your campus like wait wait (laughs) Um, as far as like theater itself, my, I think it was my junior year at Penn State, we just kind of did the the worst shows we could do for Black people, really. <laughs> like not mostly for our mental health, but also just in general. Like we, it was all of the slave and made shows and it's like, cool, 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 cool. Thank you. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Violet, uh, what is that other fucking show? I can't think of, oh. Uh, I can't think of like what else we did, but it was just all like uh, Carolina change. Um, so we were like, cool, these are the only roles we get all year. Great, thank you, thank you. And of course, like because we don't have enough black people, they all had to do every single show just about. And it's just like, great, this is exhausting and taxing. And like, I have to deal with this on top of real world shit, on top of like actual school and y'all are wildin' right now, <laughs> like absolutely wildin'. And so I uh, had to work on To Kill a Mockingbird. I was supposed to be the engineer and ended up like becoming the designer it was a whole thing whatever whatever (laughs) and during that show like we just all got so mentally exhausted like especially because the people like some of the white people they cast it was like nah I like deadass believe you out here calling me a nigger like every fucking day like you are saying this and it feels way too fucking personal right here yes absolutely like one of them as soon as I found out he was in the show I was like that's that's not a surprise. Like, that's just a Tuesday for him. Like, what? And so, yeah, like, hearing this shit every fucking night, like, it just, it hurt. And it broke a lot of us down. Like, we reached a point where uh, my one friend, uh, she was playing Tom's wife. And she uh, sang uh, There's a Bomb in Gilead, like, after she found out about the, after, like, the verdict came out. Sis started like crying on stage and I lost it. Like I was supposed to cue a sound effect at the end of her song. And I was like, fuck the sound effect, y'all. Like we just gonna sit in silence for a minute because fuck that shit. <laughs> like I was done. Um, and so I was on the I was on the student diversity board, which wasn't real. The president was a uh, Russian man. So like, uh-huh, yep. 
make it make sense. Like, make it make sense. <laughs> um, or actually, I think he's Ukrainian, but like, still, like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, I was on the student diversity board, which never did anything. And I was also on the student advisory board, which they invited me to join and then didn't tell me about any of the meetings until basically the school year was over. So, and of course I was like the sole black person on the student like advisory board. I was like, great, thank you. <laughs> um, so I finally like showed up to the meetings near the end-ish of the run for uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And I was like, look, Y'all done fucked us over in so many ways this year, so many ways, but this bullshit of a fucking show is like the dumpster fire of it all. Like to end my season with this, how dare you? How dare you? And so they were like, yeah, no, we totally get like everything. And I'm like, no, I don't think you get it. Like we are having breakdowns on stage every single night. Y'all have us doing two shows a night, like sometimes, and we have breakdowns. <laughs> And y'all are just kiki in and like, oh, why are you crying? I don't get it. Like, fuck you. How dare you? How fucking dare you? <laughs> and so, like, of course, I went all the way off. And it was, like, with the uh, head of the school of theater. And he was just like, no, I totally get it. And, like, we're working on getting uh, advisors and, like, counselors to, like, talk to everyone during the show and, like, check in with how everyone's doing. And I'm like, right, so you have that for the actors, which, I mean, we're not even gonna talk about how y'all aren't actually doing that and it's bullshit. Like, we're, we're not even gonna go there right now. But also, most of the crew for that show was Black. And we're all just, like, suffering through this in silence because we don't really have anyone we can talk to besides each other. So, like, what? And so he's like, yeah, we'll definitely, like, work on how to improve this, like, going forward. And I'm like, I mean, this show still has, like, two weeks left if you just want to start now maybe slide in and see how our mental health is doing because I promise you it's not it's not going well <laughs> like I fully would have friends sitting next to me during the show just to be like are you good what can I do for you right now because like some days I'd be like yo I swear to god I'm gonna fight everyone like I swear to you if a single white person talks to me after the show is over I'm gonna fight them and that's just what it is at this point <laughs> Um, so yeah, so much bullshit, so much fuckery. <laughs> I, um, wait, so the question was like, yeah, so, okay. I, it would be like, okay, we'd be in class for like voice and speech or something and we're doing, um, like we're doing some exercise, like tremoring or whatever that brings up a lot of emotion and <laughs> it's happened maybe like twice or three times like it's happened maybe a couple times where I would break down like I really would just start sobbing and heaving like um I remember two very particular times where it happened and it lasted the whole class time where I'm the only black person in this class you know like they break the whole class into smaller sections so that we have like our classes with the smaller groups and so sometimes I would be in a core with just, I'm the only black person or something or like, um, and it's like, these exercises bring up so much stuff that I've had to, that I had to suppress and push down or sort of just ignore. And it comes up, you know what I mean? It's going to, it's, it's gonna have to come up somehow or some way. And, you know, I, in the classes, the teachers that I had, I'm thankful that they were 
able to do what they could you know they didn't do everything that they could but they were able to do what they they could at the time but it would just be like so uncontrollable and like very um you know I just needed that space to just grieve really to like just let myself go you know what I mean in that sort of emotional way which um which isn't a bad thing, but it's like, it, it, I'm the only person in the class who had that much of an emotional, like, uh, like release, you know what I mean? And it's hard to explain to people why, you know what I mean? It's hard to explain, especially at the time, because, especially at the time, because I wasn't, exactly knowledgeable in racism the way I am now I have my both my parents are from Haiti so they don't really understand racism in the way that I've had to live through it so it was it's not like they could teach me and I had nobody black no black mentors in theater that can teach me the ways of the theater world as I know it now so a lot of the stuff that I was learning and experiencing it felt like I was in the dark, you know? And so it was hard to explain why, it was hard to put into words because I didn't know the vocabulary to explain like why what you're doing is offensive, like why? And even if I were to say something, it was hard to um, to argue it because, to argue against it because it's like, I just know what you're doing is racist, but I can't tell you how, I just know it because I feel it in my bones. Like I feel it so deep and so there were just moments where I just would just spend the whole class, you know, um, and as hard as it was to do classwork, <laughs> the most that I could do was just show up. <laughs> like, if I'm not going to get that um, assignment credit, I'm going to get that attendance credit. Like, the most that I could do for myself was just be in class, even if I'm staring out the window the whole class time, at least I'm there. You know what I mean? Um, but there are there are some times where it was like I can I I don't even know what to say because like I know that I feel it in my gut that it's wrong. I know in my gut that it's not right. Like I had to do a scene from the Mikado in junior year of um, musical theater class. And our teacher really wanted us to do the whole white face, you know, to like really dress up like these stereotypical characters. And I felt really uncomfortable with it. And I didn't I didn't think I did a good job with that um, unit, but it's like you're telling us to play these really offensive, like the show in itself is already offensive because you have white people trying to dress up as these Asian characters. And so it just felt wrong, but I didn't know how to explain that. I didn't know how to tell that to the teacher. Like, and I was visibly uncomfortable because like a lot of other students saw how I was like my body reaction, the way I was carrying myself. And it was just like, you know, how do I, like, how do I explain that? Like, I don't even know. And then if I were to say something, people would come back with me like, oh, but this and that, like, oh, they shut up and listen for once. You know what I mean? Like, how, how about you can take take into consideration how somebody is feeling instead of making about yourself. You know, I had a friend who I, a very close friend of mine at the time who I was trying to explain, like, I feel like I'm like, I feel like a lot of people don't talk to me like, 
because I'm black. Like I was trying to explain like the reason why so many people ignore me and why people don't invite me, nobody like nowhere, nobody talks to me is because I'm black. And then she got offended. Like she tried to make it seem like I was talking about her or like she tried to make it seem like it was something other than what it was. And then at that point, I was just like, okay, if you're going to react this way to something that I'm feeling very deeply, that is a genuine sort of um, sort of conversation I'm trying to have with you, like, I don't, like, I can't really be friends with you. <laughs> like, I didn't tell her that, but, like, I just stopped hanging out with her because I knew that she wasn't for me the way I thought she was. And I, you know, I've, I've had to break a lot of friendships because of that I realized that a lot of people don't really aren't really there for you the way that you thought they would be or that you expect them to be if they call you their best friend and so I've had to really cut out a lot of people in my life um not forever but just so that I can survive a lot of stuff turned into like survival mode really like I had to be for myself like I didn't it was hard for me to trust, especially like teachers, like it was hard to trust white teachers when they say that they're free, you know, it's like hard to trust people's words when their actions show something very different. And so a lot of times I wouldn't say anything, which I don't regret, like I do regret a little bit because, but if I don't regret because I didn't know better, but at sometimes it's like, you can't help, you can't do anything about it, but just to step away. And so a lot of times I would just step away. I'm like, I can't, I don't have energy for that. I can't, I don't have energy to explain to you why, how you're racist. Like, I'm just gonna go over there and be by myself. Like, I'd rather be, like, at the time I felt like I'd rather be by myself than to involve myself in, in company that would make me feel unwelcomed or just, you know, if I had to play a part you know, be that ghetto sassy black person or be that black, the black person that they want me to be. You know, I'd rather not do that because that's not who I am. So a lot of times it was hard to really um, express really how I felt because nobody would listen. It's just a whole web of different, like, uh, I can go off, but. Um, so again, I, I was very much, uh... Like I was raised around a lot of black people. Um, and so like the, it's the whole, it's the, I feel like when I came there it was a culture shock. So like talking to people about certain shit. And also mind you, like I'm, I'm thinking about just an entire college experience, how like, like we're all 18, 19, we're trying to figure out everything. And a lot of us, especially when it comes to like the DFA thing, we come from different places of the world. So like we're away from home for the first time. Like I was away from my home for the first time. So I was going through a lot of emotional shit that I didn't realize until like, like therapy later on. Um, so like there were certain things to me that were common sense like you can't say nigga you say nigga I'm smacking the shit out of you that's on period like I'm not I'm not we're not talking about it but like also I, I, again just like from how I come from and like where I come from and like things I've had to like I I get very passionate and I get very like on the borderline of aggressive but I don't care like just don't say nothing don't I don't care. It's like, listen to like the, the, what I'm saying rather than the sentiment of how I'm saying it. Cause a lot of people feel attacked. So like, I remember there was one time my sophomore year in a musical theater history class. <laughs> um, I was in a class by this point, there was only, uh, uh, it was a, the sophomore and the, and the juniors took this class together. 
I was one of four black people in that class at the time. And it was 50, like it was, I'm trying to think, it was probably about 45 students, 30, 35 to 40 students, let me say that to be safe. Um, and four of us were black. And again, like I was, I was somebody who comes like in a lot of the people in my class specifically were raised around white people. I remember them being like, yeah, I was never raised around black people. Like, and so I already felt like super ostracized. Like they was my homies, but I felt like, you know, my experience was just different. And one of them had like two gay parents, two white gay parents. So like their experiences were all over the place. I remember we had an argument. I was having an argument with like a few people in the class and the instructor was like trying to like play devil's advocate slash, you know, be the moderator talking about how they can't say the word nigga. And I was like, I was utterly confused. I was like, there should be no fight back to this. You should hear me and hear what the fuck I'm saying and be like, oh, first of all, this means so much to me about how turned up I'm getting. Like there should be no like, oh yeah, well like, you know, we're just confused because no, I don't understand the confusion. And that like, I remember that is something that stuck to my mind to this day. Cause it's very, it's like kind of the experience of being black period, like in, in white spaces. It's like very much like they don't understand. Like they also, like you said, they don't want to listen. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, you have to like ship your ego away. Cause even as a male sometimes like, and like, I have a lot of like queer people in my life and they tell me shit and I'd be like, I'd be trying to get turned up and like, no, no, no. But, and they're like, no, you have to listen because like, this is an experience that you don't understand. Like, and I have to like, you know, take a minute, breathe and be like, you know what, you're right. I don't give a fuck how you talking to me, but it's like what you're saying. And like, you should get passionate about it because you care so much about it. So like, I didn't really go to like a lot of faculty. I did a lot of shit head on. I was like, I remember at parties, I would get fucked up <laughs> and they would be like, you know the song Caroline, they would be like a killer West side. And I would like stand on top of the couch. Like, and I swear to God, if anybody y'all say some shit, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna fuck everybody up. And that was like, kind of, I think, no, and like that, that, that was literally just my kind of like the way I had to maneuver myself because I was like, fuck it. Like, if I'm going to have to be the person to like talk about it, bet. Cause, and also like, I'm not even going to hold you like my position at school. Like I got a lot of roles. I was, you know, so I, I took that and like used my platform. I was like, fuck it. Like, cause I know ain't nobody going to say shit to me. Also, people were afraid of me, like physically afraid of me. Like, so I was like, fuck it. I'm about to like use this and be like, if y'all say something, I'm going to beats the fuck out of you period like if you say like you know what i'm saying like i was very much that kind of person i was like very a heads-on person and even the faculty like i sometimes had the faculty shook like all my faculty were white i had one modern day who was black so like i it was very much a, it was a very interesting experience because like a lot of like musical theater people too i think they expected me to be a certain kind of way you know what i mean like very which I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that, but they expected me to like be like, but I was like, I came in there like a nigga. Like y'all, and I say that I, I use nigga as a term of endearment. So I came in very much like, what's up? Like y'all not gonna fuck with me. And I, it, 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 it kind of put this like mentality of like, I have to fight at all times. And it was exhausting. Like you said, like Jackie, you said something about doing like, I did Big River and I played Jim in the show. And like Big River is based off Uncle Barry Finn, Jim is a slave we we had slaves like it was like that i remember that time in my life and i was 19 years old that's how my life i would go home after rehearsal and after shows headaches like literal migraines and i'm i'm not realizing because you know i'm not realizing that my mental health is so important um and like being called a nigger is mentally exhausting nigger let's be specific being called a nigger is mentally exhausting regardless of how you put it 
And like, and yeah, people came up to me, they were like, yo, I'm so sorry. Like, I, it's just part of the show. And I was like, it's cool, it's whatever. But like that shit, you don't realize that that shit like kind of sticks with you. And like, there's something I remember to this day. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. So I never, I never, again, I never really like went to the faculty about, like we did my senior year, right before we left, me and the other black people in my class went to the faculty. And I forgot that we even did that. Cause it's like, to an extent, it's like, they listen and you know, but like, it takes so much. It's like unlearning. It's like, we're living in, in a, in, in think it's a lot of this shit is this systemic, like thinking about all these white people teaching us. And then like, they don't, but they don't understand how to even speak to us. Like that's, so they, they try super hard to like navigate that way, but also like try to be politically correct and like, don't want to be told that they fucking up. So it's, it's just a lot of shit to me that they're like, honestly, I'm kind of done with theater at this point. Like, I mean, I'll do it like the shit that I want to do, but like, I'm kind of done with it. Like, it's, it's a terrible, in my opinion, it's a terrible system. It's like, there's shit that is like, can't be fixed. It needs to be broken down and rebuilt, which I hope that this entire, t- the entirety of this pandemic is what that will. I really hope that it's like, you know, like something changes, but like, even tr- like I, we had a talk with our faculty, which I did appreciate. This is something that we did recently, which I think every faculty needs to be having now. We had a talk with our faculty. It was all the black people, people of color, hate that fucking term. All the black people in, in the, in the school and like alumni and da, 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 we all had like a zoom meeting with the faculty and they just sat down and they listened to our like i told them about a lot of shit like i told them about the fact that like when people were getting shot on the sh- like motherfuckers were dying nobody said anything about that that wasn't a part of like and you don't realize how again like the whole mental thing you don't realize how that affects my mental i drank a lot at school because of shit like that like i was going through a lot i was like niggas are getting shot on the street and y'all want to talk about a fucking eight count I don't give a fuck about none of that. I care about my people that are literally dying on the street. And like, to y'all, it's a, you're living in this bubble of oblivion. Nobody cares. But like, I am, and it was like a super like awakening to me. And I ended up being like a very radical person because I'm like, wait, I'm in this space and nobody gives a fuck. If it was me, they would care because they see some sort of attachment of, of, of value to me. But they don't, to somebody else, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. Like, black people are literally looked at it's it's so interesting it's just so it's so interesting and like the the mind space of being a black person in a theater white space is like so interesting and so like trying to tackle these issues and like ooh, i get so ramped up about it because it, it's so emotional it's like what like it doesn't it doesn't occur to me why it doesn't occur to other people it doesn't make in a sense similar, i mean it does sorry. Make sense because they're living i was just gonna say like in a similar way i started to became like kind of radical like in the eyes of them though but radical in the eyes and in their eyes you know what I mean I don't say radical like as because like what we're doing isn't radical it's just what is right you know what I mean but whatever I remember like I started growing out my hair um in college and I had like you know afro and I realized how intimidating people (laughs) felt by that you know what I mean not just people at school but people in Boston just period just white people everywhere and the way that like if I'm looking in their eyes and I'm talking to them here they'll be like always looking up at my hair and I'm like looking at them in the eyes like this because I'm talking to you you're not talking to my hair I'm talking to you as a person but it was just funny and I realized that and I used that a little bit to my advantage too because like you know what I mean? It's like I pick up on I picked up on what people were were feeling, and I was kind of like, oh, is that what it is? All right, well, let me pick out my hair more. You know what I mean? I remember like 
back in Tumblr days, um, they would do blackouts where uh, Black people would just post pictures of themselves, like beautiful, beautiful pictures of Black people on just Instagram, Tumblr, everywhere. And I remember I used to like dress up in all Black with my hair picked out all the way up and out and just sitting in class just like, what? You know what I mean? Just like anybody have anything to say, I'll let you know what sounds like. Because <laughs> like at that point, I was just like, fuck this, really. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to come to class, do what I need to do, learn what I came here to learn. Because I don't think I've forgotten. Like, I try not to forget that. And also, like, I felt like, a, you know, a, a being raised like as Haitian people, like you're taught, like I was taught like to be proud of my culture, to be proud to be black and all this stuff. And like a lot of that got lost when I got to school. And so like when I was homesick, I listened to Haitian music just because it reminded me of like where I was from and like who I am and who my people are and like, you know. Um, and so, but it really got to a point where I was just like, you know what? And oh, and I also got to a point where I had to learn, like I had to do my own research to realize that a lot of the stuff that I was feeling and a lot of stuff that I was thinking weren't really crazy that people were thought about thinking about that forever ago and I'm just learning about it now so it validated a lot of my feelings and it made me feel that made me feel better um finding some sort of ground you know and from then I was really able to just show up as my authentic self more so than I did before and be firm in that and just really like, no, I am gonna talk about this black shit that's going on. I am gonna talk about Trayvon Martin. I am gonna talk about Sandra Bland. I am gonna talk about Mike Brown, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I, our senior year we had to do um, as a unit, like a cabaret piece and I, spoke about Mike Brown and it was just it wasn't anything radical or anything it wasn't anything crazy it was just like yeah I'm scared of the cops I'm very scared of the police officer because this is what happens this is what happens to black people this is what happened to Mike Brown and then I sang you know it followed a song but the way people reacted to this piece was just like as if I I don't know as if like people were like oh my god that was so touching like oh my god I I didn't know you felt that way and I'm like had you been listening this whole time had you been a had you been my friend had you ever had you been the person to speak to me to say hi to me in the hallway even you would know this about me you would know anything and everything you would know something but you weren't that person you didn't you ignored me in the hallway you know what I mean so what is why is your where are you coming from <laughs> basically like <laughs> where are you coming from oh, really wow I what you guys are just saying it's like I think every black person specifically in a perform in like a theater program because that's all that I know like has a moment like a rite of passage where they're like huh I'm good. I don't need, like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to get this degree. But, like, I don't, because I think you get, because you're automatically more intimidating as a black person to them for some reason, everything you say, you become villainized. I've been using that word a lot because, like, I felt like anytime I brought up, a, like, a problem, it was like, ah, you're Elena Go, the black person, issues with the black thing. Elena always, like, and I always felt like I was challenged. Like, if we were in a circle and everyone was talking about their experience, Everyone got to say what they wanted to say with no rebuttal. But then the second I said, 
oh, I felt uncomfortable because I was called back for a black role and there's only three black girls in our program. And so I knew that I was going to get the role, not because I was talented or because I deserved it. But then I get questioned for that. But people were like, I didn't prepare for the audition. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't care about the audition. Oh, okay, cool. I felt uncomfortable. But but did you? Because like that, I don't understand. Like It was just a lot of questioning. And hearing you guys all talk made me really emotional because it's like, the way you guys have been talking, it was you're talking as if you've never been given the autonomy to do it before. You know, you talk to your friends about it. You talk to people you care about about it. But, like, we've never actually been given a space where you can actually address these problems and not be on the defense. You know, you're not, like, part of what makes theater so draining um, as a black person. Because, like, me and my roommate, Ashani, we, like, had this moment where we thought we hated theater and we didn't want to do it anymore. And we're like, no, we don't hate theater. We just hate theater here. That's that's the, the like the separation but it's because theater is something that they claim to be so inclusive and so supportive and then you get in there because you think that because you're watching all the white friends feel included and supportive you're like oh so i'm getting into this space but it's the fact that you have to go through this and it's not like it's implied that you're gonna go like be a, like a villain so like you everyone's shouting inclusion around you while you feel so isolated and so like, stripped down to where you're not even viewed as a human. You're viewed as the token. You're viewed as, we're going to take a picture of you to put on the website, and you're going to come to all the auditions. And But at the same time, you have to hear every day, we just love everyone. We're so diverse. We love all people. And I think it's just, that's the thing that makes it more draining, is the fact that you have to sit there and, like, sit at the parade where they're, like, patting themselves on the back for how great they are while you know you're not being... um listen to but I want to I want to end this on a semi-positive note because um I just want to know what is the most ridiculous thing that a white person has done that you just you just laughed but I just want to know what's the most ridiculous thing a white person did in your program I feel like there are two things one okay no maybe there's just one thing well two things when, when I had my big hair, um, I was sitting in class waiting for class to begin, and I just feel somebody's hand go plop. <laughs> and, I, and I snapped. I said, don't touch my hair. <laughs> but now I laugh at it because of like the audacity, the caucasity. And the other thing was, um, the other thing was when I was a freshman, and I spoke about, I recently, remembered this happening um when I was a freshman I was rooming with three white boys everybody's supposed to be in the dorm so I ended up rooming with three white boys and the first week of school they were decorating the door but I had I for some reason was not there when they were doing it uh but I remember I guess I don't remember how it became apparent, like how I saw it. Well, obviously, cause I have to walk through the door, but anyway, they put up their headshots. Everybody's headshots is on the door with like our little marker board and everything, except they didn't ask me for a headshot. And so instead they put a headshot of Obama on the door. They put a headshot of Obama, put my name on it my full name, I only have two names, David Andre. <laughs> and then the three other headshots is white boy, white boy, white boy, who are the, who they are. Except they put Obama, I mean, they put Obama's headshot with my name on it. 
and I recently remembered that happening and now I think back and it's like that's fucking funny like it's not but it's funny you know what I mean it's like one of those things where I just like what in the what in the fucking hell are these people thinking like literally but that's that's really that's really what it is um I would have had to throw hands with them. I'm just saying, <laughs> like we would have been fighting immediately. Um, but I also have two. Uh, so one, this girl, of course, my girl, she just came up to me one day and was like, hey, so I like drew this portrait of you and I hope you like it. I've never drawn a black person before. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I don't even think I answered her. Like, I just kind of stood there and just nodded. Because it's like, I don't... What the fuck do I do? <laughs> um, Hair was god-awful. Like, fuck, was it terrible? <laughs> um, and the other one, this white girl who was actually in my program, she transferred into the program uh, my sophomore year. And I had faux locks. And she... she I, I felt her reaching out to touch them before I even saw her. Like I just felt the hand moving towards my head and I turned around and I was like, don't do that. Like literally all is like, don't do that. Sis burst into tears, did not talk to me for like three days straight because she was afraid of like pissing me off. Like fully just instantly burst into tears. And I just like, girl, what? You gonna cry? Like that's what you gonna do? Like that's, that's that's how we're gonna do this so you got okay um i have like a few things i okay so there's this one time we do i do freshman showcase right i remember it's right before the show this is actually something that i did but my professor is he was a big south african man uh but like super like timid actually he he used to play tactics because he was just like a scary person so like he came up to me out of nowhere and like he was just weird and awkward and shit like that and like again like i'm very like don't i don't like people touching me like that so he came up to me and I'm thinking it's one of my friends or whatever touched me in the back and he like kind of hits me. I was like, oh, who the fuck? And he just like, he gets so scared. He literally jumps and he just walks away. And we never talked about it after that. Like nothing was said. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad, but like, also I don't give a fuck. Um, there was the other time this girl who I had like dated before because I, I, you know, you date within proximity. So I dated this white girl and she was like, I remember she posted on Snapchat. She was like, it was on her story. I can't remember if she sent it to me if it was on her story. And she's this redhead, white girl, white woman. And she she was like, I can't wait to get as black. I was like, da da da. And I was like, it was on a break, a summer break. And I was like, excuse me, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? And then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. And I was like, yeah, you got to take that down. You have to take that down. There's There's no way you can justify what you just said to me. Or what you just said, period. There's no way. Um, yeah, I was utterly confused. There was something else that somebody did, but I can't remember. I can't remember it. Because I because everybody does some outlandish shit in school, but I can't remember it. Whatever, whatever. I'm so sorry. I just thought of this real wild one. So Penn State, uh, for the home football games, the president hosts uh, tailgates, like, for a certain number of them at his house. And it's just, like, the senior musical theater majors, they perform, like, the band performs, and, like, whatever. And it's just for all of his rich white friends, so that way they can ask for more money for the football team. Like, whatever. And so this one... I, I think it was my freshman year. There was a Black... What Was she Black? I think she was black. She was like the head cheerleader and they do like different 
chants and everything. And sis goes, it was the whiteout game against Ohio State, I think. And she goes, when I say all, you say white. And I stood there and I was like, no. <laughs> like, girl, no. And myself and like, there was a, one other black person like in the sound program her and I looked at each other and we're like, so we can dip, right? Cause like, I, we don't, we don't need to be part of this. <laughs> And I like I don't know how I forgot about that. We make jokes about it like every single tailgate after that. Just they chanted all white at least three times, and I was like, "Oh, y'all gotta shut the fuck up." If if white people have one thing, they have the audacity, is what I've learned. Because um, I just remember like I shaved my head sophomore year when I had like a breakdown and lost my mind at my program, and like my white professor like I was sitting in class, and as he was walking out, he was like, "Oh, nice." And he like patted me on the head and walked away, and I was like. Did this just happen? Where? Where am I? What is? What just? But it's fine. Um, before we go, I want to thank you all so much for being a part of this conversation. Because I think, um, at least I know that there are a lot of white people that listen to this podcast and search for r- racism training. I don't know. Um, and I think this will be great for them to hear this. Um, but before we go, I want you guys to plug, you know, all your social medias, whatever projects you have going on, where people can find you. And then also, if you could, this could either be for what you would do for your younger self, or if you will, like, if there's what you would tell a black student coming into a theater college program, what would you tell them? Or what would you tell yourself before you got there? Um, wow, that's like a deep ass question. What would y'all tell myself? I think I would tell myself, get ready, nigga. No, I'm playing. I would be like, I don't know. I would, I would say they don't have to understand you and they won't understand you. Do your thing. Do your thing. They ain't never going to understand your struggle. Breathe. <laughs> my nigga, breathe. Um, also, my Instagram, everything is at Feels Good Music. Go check out Little Voice on Apple TV. I'm a part of it. I'm in the, the series. Go Go see it if you like it. Um, I'm trying to think. I also have music. Look, like go to my Instagram and go to my like Instagram bio. That's my music. Like at feels good music. P H I L S good music. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have a project coming out, like a, a, a an EP coming out pretty soon, like within the next few months. So uh, yeah, go check that out. I guess I would say um, to my younger self, um, something similar, really, just do your thing or because I feel like I did do my thing but go hard lean more into that lean more into what people you know lean into the things that people are scared of you for I feel like you know what I mean not to frighten people but to to ground yourself more I feel like all the intimidation that people felt of me were just based off of my uh my truth I think the things that scared people were just me being just a regular ass fucking black person just a regular ass you know genuine to myself but I would say to myself lean more into that like be more genuine and don't forget who you are um and look out look outside of the school for opportunity because I didn't get any performance opportunities really at school. So if you can find 
you know, make Berkeley friends. They're right there and they're black. <laughs> there are black people over there. Um, but don't let, don't try to give into what, to what people are, think about you. Just really be strong in who you are. My Instagram is da underscore go. I pronounce it Diego. It's an old joke. <laughs> and then my Twitter is also da underscore go 92. Um, that's the year I was born. Uh, projects. I mean, uh, I don't really have projects coming out. I'm just trying to, I'm still trying to work on like my creativity in general. Um, but, you know, I'll be on tour with JC, which is a superstar soon, hopefully at some point. Um, and I love, uh, I love that show so much. I love doing it, um, the show itself. Uh, but um, so, yeah, D-A underscore go, G-O. And I thank you for this amazing uh, interview opportunity podcast situation. It was really great talking to you work <clears throat> excuse me um yeah I would definitely say like it is not like to myself and also like other black people joining theater programs it is not our job to educate these white people you absolutely like 110% do not have to do that do not waste your energy doing that they have all of the resources especially like no matter what school you're at even if you're not at school google is right the fuck there <laughs> like stop because I know I spent so much of my time trying to educate these white people for no fucking reason like absolutely no reason um, and also just like to really focus on yourself and other black people, like fuck these white people, <laughs> like for real, for real. Don't spend all of your time and energy on these white people when you got like other black people in community right there that you can find and connect with and, you know, really ground yourself with. Um, uh, oh, socials. Um, all of my stuff is Jack the Cap'n, J-A-C-K-T-H-E-C-A-P-N um uh yeah i like have some stuff coming out soon i have an ep coming out on halloween because that's my birthday um yeah i i post stuff every now and now i'm more active on twitter than i am like instagram but like there's always some type of music stuff or whatever coming out so, yeah. i appreciate all of you because i think the biggest thing that has hit me this year is that this stuff happens at every school it happens at the super small schools that no one knows about. It happens at Michigan. It happens at Penn State. It happens at DCM, at BOCO. It happens everywhere. Um, and I think the more people can, the more black people in our, around the world can know that, they know that it, they can still fight. Like, no school is too small for you to fight. No school is too big for you to fight. No matter what opportunities you think they can give you or can't give you if you speak up, like, it's always going to be worth it to stand up for who you are as a human being. Um, but I thank you all so much.
You just listened to an episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. We want to thank you so, so much for joining us on this incredible journey. If you want to keep the conversation going, make sure you follow us on Instagram at this is fourth wall and send any questions, feedback, or ideas for new episodes to our email, hello at fourthwallpod.com. Make sure you're looking out for a new episode every single Wednesday, and we want to keep these discussions going because change starts center stage. Have a good one, y'all.